0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Monique.
1: And this is Sydney.
0: And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no
1: good unless it's open. (laughs) That's what's up.
0: Hello, my loves, hello. <laughs> and welcome to yet another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. How's everyone doing? Hey, Daddy. Hey, Mama. How you doing, baby? Super
1: fantastic.
0: Come on, what are we talking about today? You tell us. What are we talking about today? Okay, here's what we're talking about today. And the reason why we're talking about it is because we figured... If we spoke about it on this platform, I wouldn't have to keep getting asked the same question I've been getting asked for quite some time now. And that question has been, Monique, what happened to the Monique show on BET? What happened? What happened to the Monique show on BET? Now, we're still trying to figure the shit out ourselves, okay? And the folks in the studio with us right now, they looking like, well, bitch, what happened? We're trying to understand it. Come on, let's talk about it, Daddy.
1: Well... Again, the reason why it came up is because we were constantly asked about it. So we figured we would take the time out to share with you the dynamics that took place prior to everything happening. And we can go from there and you can make your judgment with regards to what took place. It is. First, before we get into it, I'd like to start off by saying our time at BET was an incredible time. Mm. And it started off at the head with a lady by the name of Loretha Jones, who was the uh, president of new programming for the West Coast and had the pleasure of meeting her initially. She was like the first contact person and proved to be a, a gem. And then she introduced us to our executive producer, with, along with us, who was named Marilyn Gill. And then she begot ham. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: not popping with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we ran into wonderful folks like Robert Boyd, Susan Henry, supervising producer. So that's just to start it off by saying the experience was filled with a lot of young folks that were interested in making an incredible show, and an incredible show is what we believe we made. We happened to win uh, some awards along the way. Yes, we did. The NAACP Image Award we received as executive producers. Yes. They don't want to tell you that, though.
0: They don't want to tell you. You,
1: don't want to tell you. The NAMIC Award for Diversity as well as being nominated for other awards as well. But that is not what you tuned in for. Mm, Come on. It's time to get into it. And there was this day in which... With all of these super individuals that were around, that one day we encountered a lady by the name of Deborah Lee, who is the president of BET. And she came and graced the show with her presence and team of individuals. And it happened to be for the Breast Cancer Awareness Show, whereby she made her presence known, had an incredible day, an incredible show. After that show, there was a meeting of the minds amongst the proverbial higher ups, sales, advertisement, um, president, the whole nine, whereby Monique had spoken to these groups of individuals very passionately about what it was that she wanted to see happen. This coming off of at that particular time. Um, her not getting paid for about three weeks um, straight due to an oversight so along with that and along with the extraneous as well as confounding variables that are associated with running a television production Monique then began to share with these good folks her passion for what it was that she was doing and I'll let you take it (laughs) To share what it was that was passionately (laughs) said to this group.
0: Okay, my love. So, Daddy, can I just take it back? Take it back. Take it back. So, we're doing the Breast Cancer Awareness Show. And there's a lot of emotion in the studio because you have a lot of sisters there that are dealing with either they just found out, either they're just going through treatment. Some of them lost their breasts. So, it was a lot of emotion in the room and the show was really impactful. Now, when Deborah Lee and her team came, they came late. So, which means they came about 25 minutes late. Which means it's very disruptive because you're doing a show. And it it wasn't a whole lot of excuse me. It was just that the powers that be are here, everybody move. I didn't say anything. I kept on going with the show because I understand shit can happen. You can be late, okay? Now, what y'all do know about me is if I'm passionate about something, I'm in it. And with the Monique show... We were so passionate about that show because when BET first called, and everybody knew the rumors about BET, everybody knew, and what we all said was, "This the nigga network, don't nobody really want to fuck with it, it's your stepping stone to get to something better. But when Laretha Jones called, the feeling I got from another sister was, sister, we can do this, and we can make it, we can make it something wonderful. And when we first walked onto that set, and Sydney and I, from the planning to the colors to the furniture to the elevator to everything we planned that show out baby brick by brick step by step and the whole thing we said was when people go to bed at night we want you to feel good we want you to feel good we want our community to feel good and we were successful in that because the letters we were getting from children 8 to 80 The letters we were getting from the prisoners, the letters we were getting from nursing homes, just people saying, oh, my God, I feel good. So now we're going to take all of that. Not to mention,
1: by the way, the individuals who were brown, who typically do not get a level of attention. And we were bringing on everybody because our motto was everyone was A-listers. Yes. And there was a level of, let's say, kickback because there were people who were resistant to coming on because it was the BET Network. It was a black show, but we looked at it as an opportunity to give acknowledgement to the stars that you knew and to our stars who faces you may know, but names you don't know.
0: Right. So it was a pride that we had for us and ours, and we were unapologetic about it. So this day we're doing a breast cancer show. Now, this is after... I ain't got my check, okay? Now, the first week go by, I don't get a paycheck. The second week go by, I don't get a paycheck. The third week go by, I don't get a paycheck. Then I got to deal with someone up in accounting addressing my hairstylist about a bun that I wore on my hair that was actually a bun she designed, but they wanted to know where were the receipts. It was as if we were stealing money to get my hair done for the show okay we're dealing with all this behind the scenes we're dealing with people in positions that think they can talk to people any kind of way i ain't that girl so we're dealing with all of this and we're still making it happen don't nobody know what's going on we're still making this show beautiful so now let's go to the breast cancer show we're at the breast cancer show and it is impactful i mean you got everybody just feeling it they come late Now it's after the show. After the show, for me, I make it a point to address everybody in that audience. Because I felt like you could have been doing anything else other than coming to this show. After I get finished with the audience, they're now back in the cafeteria area. It's Deborah Lee. It is the CEO, the CFO, the CPCs. It is all these high-powered positions. Everyone, Everyone. Okay? So when I walk back there, Deborah Lee says, this is this person, this is that person, and she's giving me everybody's title and everybody's position. Now, no one says, we want to apologize for showing up late, but okay, I'm going to eat that, okay? And really, it wasn't a trip. It wasn't a trip. After she introduces me to everybody, this is y'all where where they say I go to motherfucking far. Okay. Once she introduced me to everybody, I said, I'm glad all of the chiefs are here because y'all, this is something special. And we could really turn it around. We all know the rumors about BT. We know everybody feel like it ain't shit. We know people don't really want to come on the show. But we can do something special. And if you're not here to make it beautiful, get the fuck off the train. Bam. And let somebody else get on. What'd you say again? Get the fuck off off the train and let somebody else get on because we want to be able to look at our children and their children and say, look at what we left. Look at what we did. So that is exactly what I said after I said that. And it was a lot of emotion. It was, it was a great time.
1: And this, was, this is an abbreviated version she's giving It's
0: you. abbreviated. I went over to Deborah Lee. I looked at that woman in her face and we hugged. Now, anybody that knows me to hug, I'm going to hold on to you because I want you to know I mean it. And I said to her, Sister, if you ever need to talk to me about anything, I'm right here. When that woman let me go, we were eye-to-eye locked in, and she said, Monique, thank you. I really appreciate that. That was the end of that night. I walked away feeling like there was a connection between me and this woman. Because I said to you, if you ever need to talk to me, I'm here. Now despite me not getting my money, despite some of your people treating people shitty, despite all of the things that went along with BET, I still felt like, Sid still felt like, Merlin Gill still felt like, Susan Henry still felt like, y'all we can make it beautiful. Laritha Jones felt like, we can make it special. I felt like, after that night, I felt like, and this is just my opinion, I felt like I may have been dealing with a woman who said, I'll be the biggest star. And
1: for me, it was- Well, not after that night. Not after that night. Not after that night. Because After, after that night, everything was left in a way in which- Anyone who watches sports, kind of like having Jordan on the court, the coach appreciates that and the team owner appreciates that because you have an individual that's passionate about keeping your franchise strong. And creating a culture of success. So what that was was a rallying cry from a woman that's saying, listen, I believe in the network. And despite whatever has been said, despite whatever has been done, because in actuality, there wasn't a conflict about the three weeks. Because when we spoke to the CFO, a brother, a stand-up cat by the name of Mike Pickerum, Mm -hmm. um, he was like, yo, that's my oversight, my bad. Let me take care of it. And to their credit, they took care of it right away. But when you get the rumors that Monique is difficult, most people who are difficult and you tell me don't allow three weeks to go by with the belief that it'll be taken care of, no problem, okay? So at that point, when everything, everyone broke up and stopped the conversation and it was time to move on, it essentially felt like it was all love because anybody who has been in the midst of, if you will, a rallying cry designed to motivate the team, they understood what that dynamic was, Mm. Now, the next day, I was supposed to go to Washington, D.C. because we were going to attempt to get President Barack Obama on the show. So I flew to D.C., which was the only episode of the show or the only day that I had missed in the 300 shows that we had shot that season to see if we could get that brother on. When I got to D.C., Laritha Jones was there, and I was told that she wanted us to uh, she wanted to meet uh, she wanted me to meet with uh, Deborah Lee, or Deborah Lee had beckoned me to meet with her. Well, I'm looking forward to it because it's like I, I just saw last night. Hey, what's going on? You know, I'm thinking it's that conversation. So she sat me down, and the energy was weird. It was like, wait a minute, there seems to be a problem. And she sat me down and she says, What did Monique mean last night? with all that she said because there are some people on my staff that were offended by what it was that she said. And I'm like, well, what specifically are you talking about? You know, you were right there in reference to it. And I'm paraphrasing, not quoting, the energy and the sentiment. I'm like, well, she shared with you last night as you hugged, if you needed to talk to her, feel free. But I feel a little uncomfortable trying to convey A a message and you're angry as if I've said something to you when you were right there and you knew that what she was saying was, I believe in the network and we want to win and this is what we need to do to win. Well, with all that being said, she stated that she needs to apologize. And I said, well, who is the person that had the problem so she could apologize to? That's not important. I just needed to apologize to my whole staff. At that point, I said, well, I've known her for quite a long time, (laughs) and um, there's a level of comfortability I have in sharing with you that Monique does not apologize to ghosts. She must know who it is that she's speaking to to find out what exactly offended them so they could have a reasonable and rational conversation in reference to it. So I don't believe that's gonna happen. And she stated to me, well, if that's not going to happen, okay then. Like, I'm going to need her to do that or else. And at that point, I'm like, when you say or else, I'm not sure what you mean because it almost sounds like you're going to give her a spanking. And, you know, that's not what it is that this is about. So you may want to have that conversation with her. So at that point the meeting was over and I'm blown away. So I see the gentleman, Mike Pickerum, who is the CFO. And I asked him, I said, Mike, I I just had a meeting with Deborah. And let me ask you a question. How did you feel about the conversation that Monique had the other night regarding the network and her feeling? And I know she used profanity, but how did you feel? Were you offended by that? He was like, nah, I wasn't offended by that. He was like, shit, I come from a, a sports background. So that that kind of got me pumped up. I like that. So at that point, I knew it wasn't him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I then asked Laretha Jones, I said, Well, again, who was the uh, uh, in charge of the West Coast for new program, the president of the West Coast for new program? I said last night you heard the conversation were you offended by that conversation she says absolutely not in fact i thought it was well deserved and needed to get everybody on the same page Mm -hmm. okay Needless to say, when we made that trip, we didn't get a chance to get President Barack Obama be on the show. B, what's up? It didn't have nothing to do with he had to leave early from that spot because he was supposed to be staying a little bit long and something transpired. We didn't stay, so that didn't manifest. But what did take place was conversation after that, which shortly then after that, when she understood that Monique was not going to apologize to individuals that— she didn't know who it was she was apologizing to. Then we got another call from Laretha regarding Deborah saying we want Monique to host a show for some sort of, I guess, retreat that the higher ups have and get together. And our response was, oh, is that a paying gig? No. She just wants you to come out and do it. Okay. Well, we couldn't lie to Laretha. We said, N- no. <laughs> Can't do it. Because number, a- one, number one, it's delving into a time period in which we were going to be spending time together as a family. And number two, it felt like a power move where though you're not going to apologize, this is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So we had to respectfully decline. Then we later had a conversation with Deborah, where she shared with us the other individuals who, as talent, we I, I ain't gonna reveal who they were, but they elected to do that for free for an opportunity to rub elbows and a free trip. We said, you know, well, we appreciate it, but if we want to take a trip, we'll
0: we'll pay for it. We'll pay for it. If y'all just give me my checks on time.
1: We'll pay for it. We'll pay for
0: it. Okay. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Open Relationship with
1: Monique and Sydney Hicks. And again, I want to reiterate, the brother, the CFO... Michael Pickering, he handled his business. Everything was taken care of once it was acknowledged. But during that time period, shortly thereafter, we got news in reference to the show itself and the numbers that it did.
0: Yes. Would you like to share that? I would like to do it, Daddy. Do it. Thank you so much. Until so, you satisfied. So, okay. Um, that was our theme song. That was our theme yes, song. It was. So, and we came up with that. C- c- come on. Okay. God damn it. But we so, digress. we had a meeting with... Laretha Jones. And I have to say something to this sister. If anybody knows her and if she listens to the show, she's one of the real ones in the game. One of the realest. Everything she says, she kept her word. Everything. And when you hear people that may have a problem with her, people got a problem with straight shooters. And that sister was a straight shooter. But when I say she had a good-ass heart, she has a good heart, and she kept her word. So she, we had a meeting one day, and she came in, and she said, as she sat on the sofa, y'all, we kicked George Lopez's ass in the numbers, and we had no advertisement. We had no advertisement. And then she said, as she took a breath in.
1: Well, she didn't say for no advertisement. With, not as, with nowhere near the budget. That they had. That they had.
0: We ain't had no okay. Right. Don't do it. Thank you. Thank let's you. let's be let's be fair. Let's be fair. She took a breath in and then she said, "But they're pulling fifty shows." And I said, "What do you mean they're pulling fifty shows? Because we shot a hundred and fifty shows, which is still under the number that regular late night talk shows shoot." She said, we're pulling 50 shows. I said, Laretha, how do you pull 50 shows? And you just came in here and told us we kicked ass in the numbers. She didn't have a response. She said, I just gotta tell y'all what I'm being told. They pulling 50 shows. Okay, so we're gonna shoot 100 shows and we're gonna give our people the least? Why are we, do that to our, why are we doing that to us? She looked at me and Sydney as if to say, Y'all, listen. I
1: don't know.
0: De- I, I just got to tell you what I'm being told. Okay, we took that. We took that. Okay, we're going to do 100 shows. Okay? Then, what, maybe about a week later?
1: When we talked to Deborah?
0: Oh, we, we had to have a meeting with Deborah Lee. And I want to say this to you, babies, that's coming to Hollywood so you can understand when you're signing your contracts what you're signing. And in every contract I've ever signed, it always says, you cannot say anything disparaging.
1: Which is why we won't.
0: We will not. But I want you all to know what disparaging means because I didn't know what the fuck it meant all those times I was signing those contracts. I was just taking the words of agents and managers and all of that. Till my husband said, Mama, that means we can never say anything bad about or against the network. I said, Daddy, well, we would never say anything bad about them or against them. Is telling the truth disparaging?
1: Or mischaracterizations and things of that nature, which is the reason why we're just speaking to the facts and not saying, oh, that motherfucker and them motherfuckers and them. We're Mm -hmm. not going to do that because at the end of the day, folks did what they did. doesn't mean you don't love them or they're not decent human beings, but there are moments that people have that are not necessarily explainable.
0: Y'all see why I need them. Okay.
1: Because we would be saying disparaging (laughs) shit if it was left to this person to my left. Boom. So, and everybody else in the room. So, as opposed to that. You can tell the truth. The simple truth and the simple facts are all that's necessary. So that when we then later on had a conversation with Deborah Lee, she had shared with us that the budget for the show was going to be cut, and we asked why would that be, being that the numbers that we had double the average viewership for the network, which is the equivalent of saying if you have a network and you have, just to make the numbers simple, 10 people watch on every show, but on this other show, you have 20 people You've doubled the numbers. Mm. Well, understand there were some more zeros, obviously, behind that. So, when you have s- stuff like that, you're typically rewarded. And what we didn't understand is why would you cut the numbers when the show was successful? Is this the or else? But we weren't sure the or else by that i mean that was stated in the office where if she doesn't apologize or or else or else but again not sure because she explained to us her logic was when you at our network what we would do is to once the people know that you are here there's no need to promote it more because they know that you are here now At that point, you can't twist a person's arm to change their business model, their paradigm. But we found it odd because Nike has been around for a very long time. Talk to it. But they spend an incredible amount of money on advertising. Mm. And for a long time, they spent more money on advertising than their closest competitors made. There's another company called McDonald's. Oh, They've been around for a little bit. I think
0: they have, Daddy.
1: Ray Kroc, all them, Mm -hmm. the evolution of it. So they spent a a lot of money. And because BET at that time, this was 30 years later, not when it first came on, and it was the only network, now people have a plethora of places and outlets in which to go. So we didn't understand that. So at that point...
0: Okay, Daddy, I, I got to take him to this conversation. So let me just explain something to you. I think the ones that's been listening, y'all pretty much know. I can't hide me. And I think that's one of the problems that is probably had with me and people like me in Hollywood when you can't hide it. You can't pretend. You can't act like something's not happening and you, I can't do that. And I've never known how to do that. If some shit is going on, some shit is going on. So there was a conversation that we did have with Deborah Lee. And this was the conversation before us going to the Bahamas for this retreat. It was myself, Sydney, Deborah Lee, and I believe it was someone else in the meeting with her Loretha. And Loretha. On the phone. On the phone. And the tone that was being had was as if I was not being honest or if I was not being genuine. So I had to ask the question directly. I said, Deborah, before we go any further, let me ask you something. Do you think I'm a genuine person? And she says, sometimes, tell me when I'm not. Now just like it's quiet right now, it's just like it was on that phone. Because if you've known of a time that you didn't feel like I was being genuine, now it's just us on this phone. There is no other staff members. There are no show people. Let me know when was that time that you felt like I wasn't being genuine so that we can have a real conversation because black woman to black woman, I feel like we're here to uplift. So if you felt like I was doing something wrong, if you felt like I was being crass, if you felt like I was being tactless, whatever your feelings were, now's the time for us to talk about it because we still feel like we can make something special happen. So that phone call was a phone call of I don't think you're genuine. I'm going to let you know how I feel about you. Okay.
1: And didn't think that we would be having this same conversation if she was white.
0: Oh, yeah. Then I'm sorry. Thank you, Daddy. She says, well, from my understanding, if we were white, you wouldn't have said this to us. I said, check my resume. I don't give a fuck what color you are. If it's wrong, it's wrong. So, I, so you, you're talking to me about, oh, if it's white people, you're going to be scared check my resume, check around about me, Deborah Lee. If you've bullied somebody, if you've wronged somebody in my presence or me, I didn't give a goddamn if you was pink with purple, purple dot, polka dot. We was gonna have a discussion. So I'm taking all of this, okay? So when we get finished that conversation, then here comes the call from Loretta wanting to know if I would go to the Bahamas Based off of Deborah Lee calling her to go do this show mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I can rub shoulders with the big wigs. Hell no. You've just told me, woman, that I've offended people with what I said, with my, my cousin, I've offended them. Then you told me I'm not genuine. Now you want me to come and do a show for free? No, ma'am, I don't operate like that, sister. Like, let's just have a conversation. So that way we can put it on the table and say, let's deal with it, and you never know what could have happened to our relationship. But that never took place. Then after I say, no, I'm not going to the Bahamas for free, baby. That's not what I do. And whatever other talent wanted to do it, good for them. I'm not her. Then here comes the call. After the show was picked up for a third season, We got the call, the initial call. Congratulations, third season, but that's when we find out, but we're taking 50 shows. We're coming back for a third season only with 100 shows. Okay, guys, how does this this affect people? People have uprooted their lives. People didn't sold their homes, wherever they come from, to come here for the Monique show. Okay, we're dealing with that. Then after I say no to the Bahamas, about a week or so later, here comes the call now the show was going on hiatus indefinitely. Excuse me? The show was going on hiatus indefinitely. Now I looked at my daddy like, are they saying what I think they saying? Mama, they've just pulled the show. We never got an explanation as to why this show was pulled. Now keep in mind, it's the highest rated show in the history of the network at that time. Keep in mind, it is it is beating the average of the whole network, which means it's bringing the network's average up. Keep in mind that every staff member that worked on that show, from the veterans to the interns, they all said the same thing. We've never seen it like this. We've never seen this kind of love. We've never seen this kind of good time. Now, I will tell y'all, when the Monique show first started, I did say, I said, Daddy, we got to make sure we get all the black talent because we don't get a chance to go on those couches. We don't get a chance to go on those sofas. I'll give you just from my experience from the Parkers to everything I've ever done. I don't ever remember getting a call from any of the late night shows. I don't ever remember getting a call until Precious came out from the Oprah Winfrey show. I don't, I don't remember getting that call, and my resume is what it is, so I know what they do to a newcomer. So we felt like everybody that came was a star. Everybody that came, baby, get your shine, get your chance, and see when the sister that does my hair, Tommy also broke, she said to me, Monique, when I would watch the Monique show, I felt like when that show went off, I could sit on that couch. I felt like that I could be there because the people I was watching, they weren't what you call your megastars. They were just people saying, here's my story. So we took pride in that. Was you going to say something Daddy? Yeah.
1: And I was going to say that we had a culmination of people that came through. But oftentimes uh, in our community, uh, rappers will get a bad name. Mm. But rappers have some of the biggest hearts and some of the biggest nuts. And yes. one of them is a brother by the name of Snoop Dogg, who came on the show.
0: It was me pulling up on one.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> who, who came on the show and knew about the rumors and reference to and asked the other brothers and sisters, why y'all ain't coming on Auntie's show? We need to come and support. Because what that show was allowing was not only the stars who were on the network to be put on full display, but it was the stars on other networks to be on full display. And initially when it started, there were no Caucasians who were managed by Caucasians who seemed to be interested in coming on the show until there were. And then the words start getting out. And then other people start coming on and larger names who initially... They were reluctant, but they started hearing about the treatment mm. that was given where people were saying, I never got treated like this before Come on. when I went on other shows. And the reason why was because the the fish, it stinks from the head down. Okay, And when Monique and I first got to the network, which they initially brought us in to do or wanted to do a breakfast show with Monique, and we know... We had to pitch the idea of the Monique show. And what we said was everything that we're doing is about love. This is not a show in reference to you're competing against one another because Marilyn, who has been in the game for decades, executing on a high level, would have me have conversations with other producers because she says – Your understanding of this is different from what they normally do because normally it's a competition internally amongst the producers. Why would we be competing against one another if this is a team effort? And since we're going to compete against one another, let's, let's compete, but let's compete for the trophy that we're going to have for the best show, mm-hmm. which means that everybody's going to put forth a great effort. And then let's have a—when iPads were brand new, we gave away iPads to the producers that were— uh, uh, Nominated by the other individuals and then other people who were part of the staff all the way around a chance to win because we wanted to make it fun because in this business oftentimes they try to make it seem like this shit is brain surgery. Mm -hmm. And it's not. We're not curing cancer. We may talk about it and bring awareness to it, but we're not the cure for it. What we wanted to do was be the cure for negativity so that when there were brothers and sisters that came on the show, I remember there was a the time where R. Kelly, we had a tough time because they thought we were going to go in on him because of the things that had transpired. That was the last thing we were looking to do. But as management, we understand, try to protect them. But we're saying to the folks, we want you to go to bid on something that's positive, not something that's negative. We, if you want to talk about it, and here's the craziest thing. They would oftentimes, individuals say all of what they didn't want to talk about. And because Monique wasn't going to talk about, then all of a sudden they would bring it up and they would want to have a discussion. And just like we're having an open and honest discussion right now, that's what transpired. And as we fast forward to uh, the Laretha Jones, we opened up our newspapers or iPads and electronic devices one day to see that she was no longer there. Mm hmm. And then we saw all these negative comments that were associated with her that were far from true, because it was like Monique said earlier, when you're dealing with somebody that speaks honestly from the hip, she's probably one of the most brilliant people that ever stepped foot in BET. Yes. And and if they know. Viacom, somebody may want to put her the president of somebody's company at some point in time Yes. because she doesn't care if she's the one with the right answer. She just needs the right answer. And she she didn't play favorites. Her favorite was the truth. And then when you see individuals like Stephen Hill going and then you have Zola Marshiki and excuse me if I'm mispronouncing her name, who then later on is suing. BT, because there was obviously a memo that was put out in reference to her allegedly uh, quitting or resigning when she said, No, I was fired. And here's the irony, the irony of it all. She was dealing with, from my understanding, breast cancer. Come on. Which is how this all got started when we made the presence of our sister, Deborah Lee, who came to our breast. Cancer awareness show. Yes. So we say this not to point fingers and not even to be in a position where we can definitively say what it was that made this happen. But what we'll say is, what do you think made this happen? And lastly, if you notice, I didn't say nothing about your mama. No, 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 no. (laughs) Okay. But if you notice, (laughs) From Oprah, from Tyler, from Lee Daniels, from Deborah Lee. See, it's very easy to hide behind a wall and throw stones at people, but we're having an open, honest conversation. If you notice, there's been a lot of talk about Monique being difficult, and of course the husband is difficult too, but no one has addressed us face to face. Mm -mm. in reference to what it was that made us difficult. Mm -mm. And we welcome at any given time any of those characters that we just spoke about because this is not a conversation to call people out. This is a conversation to call them up because just like Monique said a moment ago, had we been in a position to just have a conversation and have a meeting of the minds because – Deborah Lee was not offended that night by what Monique said, nor were many of the people. In fact, the individual that we found out later that was offended had quit a month or so later. Come on. For higher pastors. So all of this is to say for us, when you ask what happened to the Monique show, we still say,
0: We, we don't know. We don't know. And, and, and if y'all would like to call Deborah Lee. Because she's the one that would have the answer. See, I saw her again.
1: At the Alvin Alley.
0: At the Alvin Alley. And she was sitting behind me. And Robin was sitting next to me. And again, y'all, if we got a situation, we need to address it before we start playing nice. Because... I'm looking at you and you looking at me, and we both know that there is a situation, but we're going to act like it's not. I just don't play that way. And when she was sitting behind me, she was getting ready to put her hand on my shoulder. I don't know what made her stop. You made her stop. Okay, then. The okay. heat from your ass. Probably the heat from my shoulder. Right, right, right. Because I, my energy said, that's not a good idea to touch me. Well, then she got up out of her chair and came around and got in my face and bent down and said, hello, Monique. Now, sisters, we all know a hello from the heart, and we know a hello from somewhere else. And that wasn't a hello from the heart. So my heart said, you need to get out of my face. And she came again. So I scooted up to the edge of my chair because I thought maybe she didn't hear me. And I said, I need you to get out of my face. So when she walked back to her seat, her daughter, which is beautiful, she's a beautiful young lady, her daughter said, what was that about? So I turned around in my seat because I wanted to address. So Deborah Lee, to her credit, talked to the daughter, said, oh, everything's okay. Everything is okay. But we're not gonna do that because that was a feeling of, I told you. Now, I I don't know if that was her feelings, that's just how I felt, but I felt like it was a feeling of, I told you when I told your husband, we'll see about that. But now I'ma come and I'ma extend my hand in front of all of these people at Alvin Alley to show them, it's like, sis, I don't play like that. And let me say this too right now because for whatever reason, our videos seem to keep going viral and people got shit to say. And I know people will say, why is Monique bringing all of this up? Because they're our babies catching a Greyhound bus, getting off in a place called Hollywood. And nobody pulled me up to have these conversations. Nobody said, baby, you got to read that contract. Nobody said, listen here, you got to get with people to have your best interest. Nobody said, listen, you don't want to be the last bitch at the party. Nobody said, you don't want to have a look of desperation. Nobody, nobody had those conversations. All people said was, bitch, you rolling now. So that's what you know to do is to roll. But nobody has the conversations to say, slow your roll and take time out and really investigate what you're getting involved in, what you're dealing with. Again, with Sister Deborah Lee, I don't have no animosity. I don't. and I And I empathize with any sister, with any sister who is not courageous enough to say, let's have a conversation. Because then you live in a place of hiding. You live in a place of, I'm powerful. I don't have to address you. That's like a parent. I'm the parent. So just because of the fuck I said it is what it is. But you did ass wrong, mommy and, or daddy.
1: And when individuals are surrounded by people that are, quote unquote, in power like that, you they're doing themselves a disservice as well as others a disservice. And eventually they will succumb to what they support because from my understanding, Stephen Hill is no longer there.
0: Hmm.
1: And he was there for a very long time. A very long time. And the individual that replaced them, from my understanding, is a young lady by the name of Connie Orlando, who I had the opportunity to interact with. And I can tell you, if that is in fact true and she's there, that's why they say the cream rises to the top. Come on. Because that's what she is. Mm. And she is a, a woman who also had her physical challenges that she overcame and I believe had a great deal to do with Black Girls Rock. And as she should, because she did and she was one of the good ones over there. And I don't want to make it seem like they're like Deborah Lee is not a good person. However, I don't know if whoever was behind the decision making understood the magnitude of the effect of what that did to our community. Because to this day, we still have people that approach and reference to the show and how they went to bed on it. And what we would say this humbly, if there was ever an opportunity to do it again, we would love to do it again. Mm. But somebody else would have to be at the helm to do that because based upon that interaction that we had, there's a level of uncomfortability that it would seem that one would put their feelings and or their ego and I'm not sure that's what it is. So I don't want to communicate anything disparaging, but before a community, mm. before a community. So we wish BET all the best because we are understanding there are some changes that are going around there. And the Connie Orlando's of the world and the good people that are left that were still there. But many of the individuals that we used to know are no longer there for whatever reason. However, the one constant that is still there amongst all of this is a sister by the name of Deborah Lee. And when you constantly see individuals saying, we want Monique back to host the BET Awards show, I don't think it's a knock against the other host per se, because it's a hard gig to host. But I think what the community knows is when you see somebody that's real, when you see someone that's committed... And they're not just there, and I don't want to say this as if these are the reasons why these other people are there just for a check, but they know they're invested in the community. They know they want to see the other people that look like them and the people that don't look like them but are like-minded in the ideology of love, commitment, and not taking themselves so seriously to not realize this shit is entertainment. That's all. It's entertainment.
0: But, you know, Daddy, entertainment. It can inspire and it can diminish. It can build you up or it can knock you down. And I think that's why entertainers sometimes can be put on such a pedestal or put in a place of, oh, they're not human, they're different. Because I I was doing an interview yesterday with this gentleman who wasn't really prepared. I'll say that. And I was really trying to be patient with him because he was too afraid to really ask a question. He was going all around the bush and, 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 and playing with shit. And, and he was like, well, you know, you're coming to this uh, small comedy club. Are you coming just to work something out, to go to a bigger place? Because I said, let me tell you why I'm coming there, to make those people laugh. And hopefully we'll have a good time. And I'm not coming there to go to somewhere bigger. That's a big place I'm coming to in that moment. In that moment. And I think that we get so far removed sometimes as entertainers, as presidents of networks, as owners of networks. We get so far removed because we feel like, don't you know how special I am? And not understanding. It's not that you fucking special. It's the gift. And you're not appreciative of the gift because you think you... You think you created the gift. You had nothing to do with the fucking gift. I can't tell you why I'm funny. Just like Patti LaBelle can't tell you why she can sing. It's a gift that we were given. And I think we get in these positions and we forget that it was a gift. And we start thinking we're the creator behind the gift. So what does sometimes, y'all, get disheartening for me as a black woman is dealing with these other black women that sit in positions And you say, why do we continuously do each other this way? See, I still think in my heart of hearts, the Monique show had it been on the air, I believe, God damn it, it would have changed the world. Because when you get, uh, when you get the drug dealers and you got the corner girls that said, we ain't going to sell pussy and we ain't going to sell drugs from 11 to midnight. Do you know how fucking impactful that was that the dope boys were saying, Mo, we coming off the corner for an hour. We're going to give you an hour. Now, our hope was if we get you for that hour, nigga, we can keep you for two. We can make you go to bed. So when whoever made that decision, you impacted a community. Yeah, you kicked us in our ass for a minute because you said, Watch, I'll shut your livelihood down with no explanation, bitch. You simply wouldn't bow down. So I'm going to take your livelihood. But then you got to figure there's other people at the Monique show. There was a, what, a staff of 300 people?
1: Easy. Easy.
0: And with no explanation. And these again, people gave uh-huh. up their homes in other states. They transferred their kids. They they, they, shifted, they they shifted their lives because everybody, look, we know what happens when it's a success. Right. Shit, we locked in. Right. And then you got to hear at the 11th hour, y'all, it's not happening. And I know them brothers and sisters. And I know what kind of positions they were in.
1: Not I- the numbers were bad. Not the numbers are bad because everybody knows when the numbers are bad, that's what it is. You got it. You got to eat that. one. Mm -hmm. But when you've doubled the overall numbers, then with the, the daily averages for the network, there's a level of reward that's supposed to come along with that. And then you don't feel as bad, but you then feel as bad because you understand it begins not to be personal when you start seeing so many other soldiers go.
0: Mm -hmm. And when I
1: speak to Laretha Jones or spoke to Laretha Jones, and I apologize, Laretha, if I'm sharing this from a personal standpoint uh, in advance, but she ain't no punk. Ain't no punk. But when she talks to when she had spoken with me and she began to cry because she spoke about how unfair it was and that Monique. And I and the show should not have gone out like that, and she thought it was unfair. When you see that, you begin to say, Wow. There's a level of solace. You begin to say, You know what? We did what we needed to do. You can't be upset about it. You and Rodney got up there and kick ass. Brother Tony Tone. Got up there, kicked ass, and I mean from the opening to the cats that were opening the show that y'all never got a chance to see, to the people over at TNT Studios or uh, the Turner Studios who embraced us, and I'm talking about some old white cats over there. And they coming up to me talking about, you know what? We like hugging you, Sydney, but your wife, she gives the best <laughs> hugs in the world. Well, right? you know what? You ain't going to offend me on that one. You ain't going to offend me on that one.
0: Y'all,
1: and it became a camaraderie where you yes. saw people of all ethnicities coming through and enjoying the show because love has no color. I
0: You know, it just made me smile because I got to tell y'all something, baby. Oftentimes, the show happened before the elevator even opened up. Before those elevator doors even opened up, we were having so much fun that by the time I got to the stage, I was dripping wet. And Big Jim and the penthouse players, Big Jim, you nigga, if you listen right now, Big Jim, and he said, as long as you go, I'm going. And he it, would do it. God damn it. And it would, until... Sydney would have to come up on the stage and say, Mama, this is not a real party. Okay, baby, we are doing a fucking show, and now they got to take you off stage to dry you off. Right. The people ain't peed. That's up doing the lights. They ain't done
1: it. they, They need to go to the bathroom, baby. I am
0: so sorry. But to be able to put that out into the world, if only for two seasons, if only for two years, and to have people still to this day, I don't care what age they are, I don't care what color they are, and that's just something else I want to share. I have to.
1: We got to go. In I know a we got to go. There,
0: there are people that will have you believe no one white watches BT. They'll have people that will have you believe no one white watches black sitcoms or black shows. Or listen, there are not a lot of black people with those boxes. So when you start seeing those numbers, well, what would the numbers be if? Our boxes came in. So if those numbers were what they was on the Monique show, and we, we had very little of the boxes, what were the numbers for real? What were those numbers for real? So, again, when we say it was just the black people, no, baby. It was all of the colors. It was all of the groups watching. I did an interview one time with this white guy, and he said to me, I love the Parkers, but I couldn't let nobody know that. Why not? Why couldn't you let anyone know that you like the, You're a part of the problem. So with that show, again, when you're in the farmer's market, baby, and you'll get an Asian woman that come up to you. I like your show. Bitch, thank you. Okay?
1: Well, well i tell you this in closing.
0: It's closing, Daddy.
1: It was an honor doing it with you.
0: Oh, baby.
1: It was an honor doing it with you.
0: Daddy, listen listen, so, let's take our asses no, on because, because you started top. some I'm shit on you, you did okay, so y'all we have a picture. We have a picture that Rodney Perry brought to me one day and said, this says everything about y'all. So I'm on the stage and they are changing over the set, right? And I'm on the stage, and Sid has on his headphones and all of his executive producer shit. Executive producer shit. Yeah. And I'm standing there with a look on my face like, that goes my boyfriend. Rodney was like, look at you niggas right here. <laughs> That's was it. <laughs> it, was, it was. It was beautiful, Daddy, walking out there and looking over to Villio Village and seeing my best friend.
1: And seeing all of those young folks, as well as the older one, too. Working as one unit, though there were multiple moving parts to it. Yes. So we appreciate it, <laughs> and everything that transpired with it.
0: I remember one time.
1: You're gonna do it, guy? I'm gonna
0: do it because goddamn it was so much fun. So, uh, Puffy had did a, uh, was on a cover of a magazine, right? And we didn't get permission. To show the cover. You know, you got to go through clearance and all that. I'm like, fuck all of that. I'm showing the cover of the magazine. So here come p- the producers of the show. Candace back there. You can't do it. You can't do it. So for about 20 minutes, they try. Listen, I don't hear no more about it. I'm showing the goddamn magazine cover and I said it. Sid came back and said, mama, you can't show that cover. I said, okay, daddy, then I'm not going to show it. <laughs> they was like, bitch, we went through all of that. Well, you ain't my man, baby. So... <laughs>
1: Shut them down to take us home, baby.
0: We want to thank y'all for listening and and sharing this time with us. Because like we always say, you could be doing so many other things, but you took out the time to come on and listen to us. Keep your hearts open. Keep your minds open. And like my daddy always says, the mind is like a parachute.
1: It is no good unless it's open.
0: We love y'all. For
1: free.